This past year in Key West, they pulled me on stage, and I was wearing gym shorts, and unfortunately, I was not wearing underwear. Oh! <laughs> Let's just say fingers went places that oh I didn't. God. Welcome to another episode of Primary Care. I'm your host, Dr. Hendricks. <laughs> this episode of Primary Care is sponsored by Rougiette Health, more than just an ED treatment. Well, cool. Well, it's so nice to meet you. My name's Tyler. I'm, Hi. A, I'm a primary care doctor um, working mostly in men's health, but I um, am gay, so I like to, you know, definitely try to open up people's perspective around drag specifically because I recently, well, I say recently, in the last few years, had started to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, and it really opened my perspective on gender and what my gender is and how my drag is. I still consider myself in drag right now. This is how I present. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I've I've realized too that in our in my the LGBTQ plus community, it's still there's a lot of um, anti-femme, anti-drag type rhetoric and and type um, sort of. Um, I guess attitudes out there that I I mean it's 2023 yeah yeah come on Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure you've dealt with so much you know in your own career um so I don't even know how to jump in if you want to just kind of like welcome and and say who you are and and kind of give your little bio I guess yeah sure (laughs) well uh my name is Bridget Bandit and I'm a local drag queen here in Austin I do drag full-time it's my full-time work so This is what I do. I get all dolled up and and do shows and stuff. I'm a show producer. Um, I'm known as the Dolly of Austin. I do like Dolly Parton impersonation. Um, What else? I don't know. Uh, I think that's it. I've done a lot of cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I have a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And just recently, we were talking right before we started um, that you've kind of gone viral. Yes. I went viral for speaking uh, against the anti drag bills in the Texas Senate. Gotcha. Um, what was uh, like your a few weeks ago? Yeah. What was your experience like, kind of even preparing for something like that? Um, well, I've kind of been following these uh, laws and and kind of bills in other states and stuff. Right. Literally, like my TikTok for you page is like mostly uh, <laughs> people's testimonies and wow, stuff because it's cool. just so interesting, like yeah. to see the way people's ideas and arguments and stuff. So I've al- I've already kind of been like involved watching those things and I've al- already was like very politically active, but I had never actually like gone to the Texas Senate to speak, yeah. you know, and, and especially not in full drag, right. you know? So, um, but I kind of had an idea of, of, my arguments against the bill, especially uh, uh, from my perspective as who I am as a person. And um, I I knew how to kind of make that statement because I've had videos kind of go viral on TikTok before for like calling people out on their assumptions and and, um, stuff. So I kind of knew the power that I had as a drag artist that's AFAB, assigned female at birth. Um, And so going into drag was like a decision based on how do I make my point the strongest, you know. Sure, sure. So yeah, it took a lot of thinking and 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 consideration of what I had kind of um, experienced before to decide to do it, you know. Right. So, but yeah, that's awesome. Uh-huh. So so AFAB. So I kind of was just introduced to that uh-huh. with Victoria Scone being on or Scone. Victoria yeah. Scone. Scone. I missed Victoria Scone. <laughs> being, being on <laughs> I love Drag her. Race. Yeah, me too. Uh-huh. Me too. Huge fan. And so incredible to see that she kind of broke the barrier there to, totally. uh, to bring those into the competition, but also mm-hmm. just to let people know that 
they exist, mm-hmm. you exist. Mm-hmm. And so do you feel like being AFAB in that Senate hearing was a positive for you? Oh, well, yeah, because I think that, you know, when people see me in full drag, they don't know what's right. happening under here. And, you know, a lot of people assume that I'm male underneath this costume when I look like a beautiful, gorgeous woman. <laughs> I, I don't understand, <laughs> right. you know. Um, but that assumption is made so much. So, but it kind of goes to to prove like uh, like gender is socially constructed and, and these ideas that uh, they're trying trying to impose on a, a man dressing like a woman or a woman dressing like a man, what does that even mean? You know, because right now I'm dressed like a woman, but you're assuming I'm a man, you know? <laughs> so like, you know, like it was just a fun little flaw to, right. to, to point out. And, and I also just complete, completely points out like the, the kind of uh, discrimination based right. on sex or gender, you know? So um, yeah. Do you think these issues are actually important to people who are creating these laws, or do you think they're trying to distract us from more important things? Oh, absolutely. They are absolutely using like drag queens as a scapegoat right. to real issues. You know, it's so uh, disgusting the kind of rhetoric they use towards us, like groomers and stuff like that, because it's it's you're you're diminishing the value of that word. You know, when yeah. you just use it as a slur, what does it even mean anymore? You know, exactly. and then it perpetuates that kind of harm that you're trying to argue that you're fighting you know right. it's, uh, it's it's so yeah. interesting how they like to throw grooming on um the lgbtq plus community very often considering that we're all groomed to be straight mm-hmm. i mean let's be honest totally. right like, absolutely grow up like yes. everything is meant to be you need to follow this path and grooming us into straightness yeah. which does not work yeah so <laughs> grooming doesn't always yeah. work did you see the baby onesies <laughs> that were like that had like wildly inappropriate stuff about yeah. like mom's tits and like i don't know like um our future Playboy. Yeah, and like, it's like it's like oh, but it's it's, it's the cool. queer people, you know. Right. But how dare two women kiss on television or two men kiss on television? All of a sudden, then you know, like I don't know, it's wild to me. I do. <laughs> I do wonder, like, what is the the primary purpose for preventing things like that from from being out there? Obviously, at this point, most people have come into contact or seen in some fashion that two men can kiss and two women can kiss. Is it the religious aspect of it? Is it the just I don't know. I, I really am, am curious. Like, it, does it does it break down their their fundamental Christianity? Is that the concern? Well, yeah. It's like their their values are based on like very like a white Christian right. perspective, right? right? And and within those kinds of um, ideas, they hold power, right? right? So, like, the thing is. Uh, when you ever go to a drag show or a queer space, the white men, the cis white het men at the Capitol hold no power in that space. And it's one of the very few spaces that we have that they don't hold power in. And so therefore it's a threat to their power, you know? So, um, they don't want, and, and also the generations are, are kind of, uh, learning that, the words for their experiences and the way that they can describe themselves. And so therefore they're becoming more and more queer because it's like, you're not withholding that information from them. People are able to explore themselves correctly and in healthy ways. And that's a a threat to their power to see that, you know, we're just getting, we're, we're, we're getting to know who we actually are. You know, it's, I don't think that it's the generations are truly getting queer. It's that we're, we're having that language. So they want us to hide because they don't want them to have access to that language and those ideas. It's not that we're pushing it on. It's that we're giving them, um, representation, you know? Yeah. And and just the ability to open your mind. And that's how I look at it too. You know, I, I even 
going back to where we first started this conversation and my experience watching Drag Race for the first time and really getting invested into it and starting to understand um, what it is to be open-minded about your gender and how you present yourself and how um, how liberating that can be, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, totally. I, I would say I grew up real, very conservative. I grew up, if I was a straight person, I would probably still be in my bubble with three kids, married, very staunchly conservative Christian. I went to a Christian high school and middle school. And so I think my queerness really allowed me to escape because I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, I don't mm-hmm. fit in here. So I I, uh, I feel like too, I still had a lot of evolution because a lot of those things still were holding me, holding me down, feeling like I didn't want to look too fat or you know come off too fam I didn't want to attract attention or look queer or look gay because to me that was still a negative and mm-hmm. so and even until like probably my mid-20s that I carry that with me and I I probably started navigating through it late 20s but really honing in on the fact that I am embracing my femininity so much more which makes me feel even more masculine in a way yeah. I don't even know how that's possible yeah. but like the more I don't even pay attention to how gay I am, which I am starting to truly love, the more masculine, I don't know. Uh-huh. It's, it's just a weird thing to digest. But I feel like these things could have been processed for me much earlier had I had access to the education. And so mm-hmm. that's what I think they're scared of, is people, when you get access to this education, whether it's about your sexuality or what gender is, or many different things that are out of the textbook or out of the biblical book, it starts making a lot of questions in your head. So if God says in the Bible that marriage is between a man and a woman, but I see these other men or women together and they're having normal, wonderful lives and that's representations out there, maybe the other stuff in this book is not right also. Mm-hmm. And then it just starts to, to fracture the whole sort of system, right? And totally. religion is great. I'm all for it. I'm not a very religious person. I wouldn't even consider myself spiritual, but I... Um, there's so much power there. There's mm-hmm. politics and there's religion, and mm-hmm. that's really the two powerful forces in this country. And so when you when you're going against two, which drag does, it is you know it's a scary place to be. And totally. so we need people like you who are so smart and so educated and have this history behind you to to help you know spread your story. I mean, what can they say to you? You're uh, a fab queen mm-hmm. who you know has gone through this very unique journey. And being able to be present in the Senate and explain your story and just make it so obvious of how silly it all is. What has been your response? Have you heard from people that maybe your have have changed their mind or have a different perspective because they saw you as a AFAB queen at representing yourself there? Well, I'd like to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, um, I, I definitely have talked to some people who are like, oh, we've, we've come to your show, or yeah. like I showed my parents your video, and that really changed their perspective yeah. or shifted their perspective or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's hard. I think, like, it's hard because online, on comments, it's either, like, people who were already supportive, and then all the negative are are people who already, you know, (laughs) even if I tell them that I'm female, they're not going to be able to deal with that cognitive dissonance, and they're still like, that's still wrong. And I'm like, so what is it? Is it just, like, the my makeup? If I wipe my makeup off, it's all of a sudden it's right. So, like, what's the issue with that? It's so... um, yeah, it's, it's just been interesting to see all the different kinds of responses. But I really do hope that I am changing people's minds. You know, that's yeah. why I do things like this, talking right. with you and 
because because we have to put more uh, humanity behind what drag is. They really do try to strip us of our humanity, and we're yeah. we're people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say too, you know, I always flash back to when I saw the first drag queen I had ever seen at Pulse nightclub in in Orlando, Florida, and um, I was terrified because I had no idea what was going on, and uh-huh. all the examples of what I thought was drag was either considered like a hypersexual like aggressive type person who could be a danger to you mm-hmm. that was my 16 year old self who again was in a Christian high school very limited access mm-hmm. to gay literature or resources but literally like the second time I saw the the, the, the drag queens perform I was like oh no this is awesome I'm yeah. so into yes. <laughs> that's another thing I'm like I'm like y'all need to go to a drag right. show go to a drag show because these people who are introducing these bills they've never been to a drag show before I'm like literally come to drag queen story time and see it yes. for yourself because you'd understand like the that this is also silly but they do they have the people who come to and the drag shows and secretly record the drag shows do you know about this no. this is kind of how like this bill got introduced and stuff okay. is um we have these people who are kind of based in dfw um who will secretly come to the drag shows participate in the drag shows act like they're like they'll even wear Living. like cute wigs. <laughs> yes. And they'll look oh for God, those tiny little moments that they can twist into right. their edit and twist into their nar- narrative. Like a drag queen drops into a split. <gasps> There's one child in the audience and they did the split and then like zoom into the kid's face. You know, oh like it's God. so. Uh, but they have to go to so many drag shows for those tiny little moments that they could edit into their thing. And I'm like, y'all know the truth. Like, y'all know what y'all are doing. They've been to my shows before, but they don't post that online because it doesn't fit their narrative. You know, drag, that's why I'm like, don't just rely on what you see on the internet, what you see on, um, like how you were taught how drag is, right? Like once you experience it for what it truly is, you understand that there really is no harm in it, you know? And there, and, and drag does exist on a spectrum of, of, you know, like movies, rated R movies, rated R drag and rated G drag, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, that's, I think, it's not fair that this is the only type of art that gets that criticism. This is mm-hmm. every type. This is every movie, every TV show, every book, every painting. You know, there's a there's extremes on both sides. You know, I think I I love going to Key West because the drag there is a little more raunchy, <laughs> a little more X rated, which yeah. I prefer too. I yeah. like both sides of the spectrum. You know, and if you're going in there and you're going to that show, you know what you're coming, you're getting into. Yes. There's no kids there. Yeah. I will say that my partner and I went to a drag show this past year in Key West and they pulled me on stage and I was wearing gym shorts and unfortunately I was not wearing underwear. Oh! <laughs> and the drag queens did. I'm sure they loved yes. that. Well, it, let's just say fingers went places that <gasps> oh I didn't. Oh my God. Oh yes, my goodness. But I signed up for it. I sat in the front yeah, row. Yeah, yeah. I had my dollars out. I, they yeah. said, who wants to come up? I yeah, raised yeah. my hand. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, you have to understand that there are those two. And I could see if someone had a video in the audience and they shared it, it would totally mm-hmm. look horrible based on the narrative that they wanted to create. Mm-hmm. But I was all for it, mm-hmm. you know? And even if I wasn't, you're at a drag show and yeah. you, you have all those signs around you and it's, you know, it's that type yeah. of show. They even mention it usually at the beginning. I'm yes, sure you yeah, know yeah, in, yeah, in your yeah. career too, like this is not a show for kids. The, usually that is a is presented pretty early on. Um, but then I've been to so many other, like I do the Work the World Tour. I like to go see those, you know, the the drag queens from the show perform and some of their stuff is, is a little bit more adult but never crossing the line mm-hmm. to where they know who their audience is, you yeah, know? Yeah, totally. But that's just any artist. And uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like to, I like my analogy, I like to use 
news is like, you know, you're going to see an actor yes. who's been in a rated R movie yes. turn around and also be able to do a rated G movie, but yes. you don't sit there and voice concerns over if the rated G movie is going to be have any inappropriate content for kids just because the actor has also done a rated R movie. You know, like no. what I'm going to do at 11 p.m. on a Friday night at Old Can Harry's <laughs> is not going to be what I do at 2 p.m. At wherever I'm hosting a drag story queen hour or right. whatever story drag queen story time <laughs> that, that got a little twisted there but um, are you going to old can harry's tonight oh oh i don't know maybe it's, but it's, i'm not performing um, mistress isabel brooks is there i know I'm we uh, we had her at our um award-winning drag brunch coco cunts oh i saw this yes. we were leaving town and oh, i saw yeah. this sign i want are, are gonna you gonna go again? tonight i think so will you, are you gonna go um i might we'll let's, see we'll, we'll see where the day takes yeah, me at we'll, this point we'll trade digits before we leave yeah. and we'll see if we can meet up there later okay cute um, that would be fun that would be um, fun Hey folks, my podcast Primary Care is sponsored by Rougiette Ready, the latest pharmaceutical advancement in erectile dysfunction. This is a sublingual compounded treatment using three ingredients, sildenafil, tadalafil, and apomorphine, and it works up to five times faster than pills and chewables. We give you a promo code PRIMARYCARE for 20% off your first order and free shipping. Now, let's get back to uh, the content. But yeah, so I'm going to kind of twist to something that Victoria Scon kind of brought into play for me as well, and mm-hmm. that is how difficult it can be for some AFAB queens to kind of feel comfortable in their community, feel supported. Has that ever been an issue for you, or have you ever experienced kind of a difficult time, especially in the beginning? Yeah. And of course, this is uh, jumping to a, something that's completely different than what we were just talking about, and yeah, we yeah. don't want to create a narrative that there's this inter-drag conflict. No, totally, yeah. But this is real life. We yeah. work, and, and we deal with people and differences, and I'm yeah. sure that you've had to, to deal with some you know irritation and yeah. inflammation in your career that regarding that topic. Has that affected you much, or what's been your kind of story there? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, whenever we talk about community, like obviously within any kind of community, there's going to be... Um, kind of disagreements and sure. struggles and it doesn't mean that the community is any less strong it's right. just like we, we it's something that we do have to talk about and acknowledge and one right. of them is you know there is misogyny within sure. within especially gay men you know and and a lot of um uh, drag scenes are primarily like cis gay men, you know, and um, it affects you know all kinds of people from me, like an AFAB non-binary person right. to trans women, and and it's hard. Uh, that's why you don't really see. We haven't seen a lot of like trans women on Drag Race right. and stuff, um, or AFAB people on Drag Race as well. Um, but yeah, but personally, okay. That being said, <laughs> personally, yes, I have experienced that within the community. Um, I started drag about like four and a half years ago, so I think there was like way less representation of people like me within like Drag Race, like you sure. see now, um, and other other spaces. So whenever I came in, like um, I I had a friend of mine, like a gay man friend who I had known for years. Whenever he saw that I was trying to do drag, he was like, I have more drag in my pinky finger than you'll ever have in your entire life. Really? You know, and has th- like apologized to me since. I'm sure, you know? I'm but, sure. But it was just so surprising to see the yeah. kind of backlash. And it's also, you know, I do get treated differently in different ways that are just, um, I don't know, I, I've had to navigate the community in a different way than others. Sure. Um, but somehow I've still managed to find success, you know? Yeah, I, I, well, first, I mean, that's because of your hard work and all your creativity. So mm-hmm. obviously it's all you who's brought you your your success. Um, 
but thinking about too when I first even heard the concept of a woman or an AFAB queen being on Drag Race I was like well how's that gonna work Mm -hmm. right because you just wanna I think it's just anything that's not normal for you or typical or what you've expected right and I hate the word normal I shouldn't have said that what I meant was expected (laughs) yeah yeah right and so you start creating all of these concerns that maybe it's gonna affect your bubble of what you perceive is drag but everybody's in drag if you really I mean I'm I'm not saying that RuPaul's the king or queen of drag Mm -hmm. but you know he does say often that you know you put on your clothes or you're born naked and the rest is drag I I I think that that's really stuck with me the most because I feel like I'm constantly in drag. Like, this is just how I want to look. This mm-hmm. is my vibe. And I can switch at any time. Sometimes I want to look more femme. Sometimes I want to look more mask. But it's still drag. Mm-hmm. And it's still just how I'm presenting myself to the world. And so um, I think it just threatens some people's bubbles. And we just, as as people in, a queer, in the queer community, we should be like open to that, not mm-hmm. so much scared of it. Um, have you felt like Austin has been relatively open to you at this point in before, especially since you've gone viral? Do you feel like you've seen a shift? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's like even the queen, the even the queen too. I've kind of I've kind of like had a, some tips with yeah. were messaging me, thanking me, you yeah. know. So it's like yeah. finally, like I I feel like I got like a lot of recognition that I I had to really fight for, you know. And I also showed that we have so much power in diversity, and that we have to uplift all kinds of performers within the drag community you know and I hope that they saw that you know and I hope that I've I've made that clear Um, but yeah like like I said I started drag four and a half years ago now the amount of gender diversity within the scene is just incredible we have so many incredible AFAB artists lots of drag kings too you know always booking drag kings I love drag kings we need more drag kings in shows and um yeah, I think Austin is probably one of the most progressive drag communities here in Texas when it comes to that now at this point. Do you think it's possible for a cis white man uh-huh. to be a drag king? Yes. Yeah, we have we we do. We have a we have a cis white gay man, Maxim, who does who does drag king stuff. Really? Yeah, and he's awesome. I love him. I kind of want to try it. Yeah, you should do it. I mean, I want to do drag. Oh my gosh, in some no, capacity, I'm going to send you some people. I forget yeah. the uh, there, there's another one. Oh my god, I forget his name, but he's amazing um, entertainer who does like the hyper mask stuff as a gay man. Yeah, that would be so fun. Uh-huh. I think that would be a good toe to step in because I would love to do like full like queen drag, but I feel like. You know who I would, who would be like my role model kind of? I don't know if you've watched this season of. There's so many seasons of the show, but Cameron Michaels because you know oh, he's yes. got a little bit more like muscle to uh-huh, him, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. still able to present super femme. And that's I don't want to look masculine at all if I'm going to be a queen. Like I want to uh-huh. look like I'm going to f that. That you know, like that is <laughs> yeah, the kind yeah. of girl I want to be with. You yeah, know, yeah. and I just it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> so I think I could do the drag king yes, a little bit faster at least to yes, step my toes in. Yeah, I mean we may have to. You, you have to should. Book me. It's- it's so much fun. You know, it is like you said, you're born naked and the rest yeah. is drag. It's that's totally true, right? Like Yeah. Um yeah, just like it's just like what I'm doing, hey. And know? I feel like I'm kind of in this like new era. I'm stealing from Mistress Isabel Brooks, she's always saying <laughs> yeah. era. So I feel like I'm in this like more outspoken performative era since I've been doing a podcast and kind of just been more out there on social media so mm-hmm. I feel like I'm kind of ready to be more in the spotlight whereas maybe years ago I would never have been on a stage to mm-hmm. perform doing something like that but um yeah so I might be ready we'll, well see I do an open drag stage <laughs> do every- you? 
<laughs> come through sometime. Can you imagine? We will definitely put that on camera. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Um, and then, so anything that you, I, I, I also, obviously, Victoria's gone. I, I hate to keep bring her up. Yeah, like, yeah. It sounds like my representation okay. of APAP Queens is like really low. And it is. I want to mm-hmm. expand. But something that I don't, and this is something you don't have to necessarily comment on, and I don't want to throw like a curveball at you, but she mentioned something that I thought was really interesting. She was in a specific, um, you're good. These, actually, this is a good time oh for me goodness. to take a sip, too. Yeah, I was um, like, uh, Okay. <laughs> Okay. It truly is liquid death. <laughs> <laughs> um, she uh, was in a, one of the episodes, there was a competition where they were like doing verses, and you may remember this was like a rap verse, and one of the other queens mentioned the term fishy. Uh-huh. And she said that, you know, it didn't seem like that personally offended her, but mm-hmm. she was like, this is an issue in the community, people are offended by it, just so you know, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that was a good topic. I think there was a lot of online sort of uproar over this very silly sort of education that maybe something you say may offend someone and if it does just don't say it yeah, right? yeah i mean yeah. especially in a national platform yeah if you want to keep talking like that with your friends or put that in your verse in your own cd totally fine but if you're amongst people who may be offended or people who are representing people who could be offended mm-hmm. let's talk about it and let's get educated mm-hmm. are those things that you try to do as well when you feel like you are in a situation where someone does something offensive that you know are you more of like a? Because I'm more of like a. Not gonna say. Anything. Oh really? No, I, I no, I, I will speak my mind. <laughs> but that's good. That's how change yeah. is made. Yeah, you know? totally. I do. I. T- I mean, but I try to do it in a way that actually like um, builds uh, uh, dialogue and conversation instead of just like shooting somebody down and be yeah. like, hey, that's not right. You know, be like, hey, can we like talk about this in in a way that actually like builds community? Like right. ultimately, what I think is like what's best for the community. And whenever we treat everybody right within a community, you're building community. But you have to do it in a way to to get people to hear you, right? Yes. Which is like. Um, uh, what I had to do for the Senate, right. same thing. Like I sat there, like really nice, and although I could, I have a lot of other words I would love to say <laughs> to those people. Yeah, I, I, I did it in a very, uh, in a way that that people would want to hear me. But I feel like that's kind of like a po- power I have as somebody who grew up femme and afab, right? Like grew up a girl. Like I've always had to kind of like learn how to get people to listen to me because once you're angry, all of a sudden you're just a bitch. You know, like you're yeah. you're on, you're on your period, Can you're you too emotional, blah blah blah. So it's something that I've always had to deal with. So I feel like I kind of have like this special skill set because of my background and who I am right. to have those conversations. And yes, I will have those conversations because I think that they're important. And I think that a lot of people don't know. I've had that fish conversation with somebody in uh, <laughs> the back room before yeah. they were they were taking off their costume and they're like, oh, I smell so gross. I smell like a pussy. And I was like, and I, believe? <laughs> my, I think my head spun around a few times. Like, I was like, oh my God. But we had a conversation about it. I was like, yeah, you know, like that, that idea is perpetuated from the term fish and right. you are, you're using somebody else's like body, yeah. um, as a way to like say that you smell bad. Like that's awful. Right. It's you specific. know, it's not just like saying, I smell like a butthole, uh-huh. which we all have. <laughs> Same thing. If you're yes. going to say negative, say armpit. No, say I was like, hole. I was like, have you ever smelled a dick before? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, you know, agreed. Yeah. You never hear that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, but um, I also don't want to use that as like, you know, like the basis of whatever. But right. you know come on, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. But it is important. And I think, too, you know, 
unfortunately shit falls down the ladder mm-hmm. and of course there is a ladder right there's like you mentioned there's a lot of misogyny there's still a lot of racism in the lgbtq yes. plus community mm-hmm. and so i feel like gay white men get it from our straight white men friends and, and and women friends who then we decide to put it against the people who we consider below us based on what society tells us yeah. and it's something that you have to as a white man be conscious of yeah and know that Things that, especially me, I, I, and, and I look back on this a lot because of growing up in a conservative city and a conservative bubble, how many times have I done things in my life that have maybe been racist or been misogynist, and I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And so I do try to reflect on that a lot so mm-hmm. I can learn to be better. Yeah. And um, it's very interesting because I, I think growing up queer too, I sort of felt obviously on the outside of my religious conservative family, so I usually had friends that were either people of color or queer. And so, um, mostly people of color because I, I didn't have a lot of, of queer friends, but I look back to, it was like, I didn't have any white friends growing mm-hmm. up, but I think it's because the people that I made friends with felt like they were minorities and being gay. I just felt the same, same. and we kind of clicked there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's also helped me too, but I'm just constantly also trying to tell other friends of mine or people who I meet that do see a representation of themselves in me that, you know, if if you see me as someone who's like you, that you do think of those things as well. Mm-hmm. Are you being are you being cognitive of, of your white privilege and, and how you can, you know, be yeah. presenting misogynist or racist to people around you, even if you are queer? You know, I think sometimes gay men think we can do anything because we're mm-hmm. gay, right? Mm-hmm. And that's not quite, that's not quite the truth. Totally. No, totally. <laughs> I think what it is, is like gay men get so much shit growing up, sure. you know, like yeah. there's, there is a lot of homophobia and whenever you have other people that you can kind of like perpetuate that trauma onto, it's, I feel like it's just like a, a, a cycle of, like of bully, harm, you know, right? hurt people, hurt people. Yes. And so it's sad to watch it happen because I know where it's coming from, right. but it doesn't mean that you don't have to undo it. And the, another thing about that is we all have shit to undo because yes. we grow where we live in a patriarchal, um, uh, <laughs> white centric (laughs) society right so like even as an AFAB person I had to undo misogyny that's why you have homophobic gay people that's why you have transphobic trans people like just because you are within a certain group doesn't mean you don't have work to do you know for sure like um so yeah, we all got work to do. We yeah. gotta do it. I've I had to work on my shit too. So yeah, I know how it is. You know, I get a lot of the um, cis white gay men that are like uh, super conservative or super politically um, Republican on uh-huh. my social media. They uh-huh. just they they like to comment on my stuff. I never respond to comments because what's the point? Yeah, just yeah, I know. With, yeah, no, with, it, it really is just a waste of time. You're right. not going to change anybody's yeah. mind. I've <laughs> had to stop myself <laughs> yeah. so many times, especially the past few weeks. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, just block them. Just block them. And I just wonder, like, what can I do? Like, I have this platform. It's not large, but it's enough to where I am in contact with these people. And like, I feel like I do see myself in some of them years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 15 years ago, me mm-hmm. would probably be saying those negative, horrible things too, because I was in an environment where that was the the echo chamber, right? Mm-hmm. My parents were super conservative. My mom actually, I'm not going to say that. Can we, we can edit it out. No. What? <laughs> she, she voted for me one time <laughs> for the presidency and just sent my mail-in ballot and didn't even tell me. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Yeah. So she wanted to make sure I voted. <gasps> it wasn't the last election. It was the one. It, we That's lo- crazy though. That's anyways. still crazy. I know. Yeah. It, was, it was for Obama what versus McCain. Yeah. She, I was, yeah. That's a wild. So that was my environment. And uh-huh. she's gotten so much better since then. She uh-huh. is 
definitely evolving, uh-huh. but she comes from a much more you know difficult place in her echo chamber than mm-hmm. than where we are today. Yeah. So, just trying to like figure out how I can you know try to educate people and and hopefully this podcast and things like that where I'm able to talk more about people, um, and and how we can improve and 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 better our society as queer people for all of us mm-hmm. and have guests like you who have a unique perspective. Hopefully this opens people's minds. But like I, I know you probably experienced that too. Like how, do you have a strategy on how you can try and educate people about what you do and and how we can be more open minded with each other? Yeah, I think that like that's the struggle, right? Is like it's it's about not just like. It's not just about um, like hollering into your own echo chamber, right? right? Like, um, you you want to be able to radicalize people somehow, like somehow, even if it's just one little idea. And I think that that's the idea is like you have to get them to agree on one thing, and and you get some like kind of leverage, some leeway. And it's about relating to them, like you said. It's like you see yourself in these people. You know that they can come. Uh, through it, go through it and learn. But how do we get that first little like, like, how do I get your attention? Yes. How do I make you want to listen to me? Right. You know? Right. And so I, I like for me, it kind of goes back to, to, uh, you know, whenever I, I spoke at the Senate, it was, how do I get these white men to want to listen to me? And I thought at first, maybe I should go dressed as like a, a like a cis woman looking like I do out of drag sure. um, in like a suit, yeah. like somebody that they would want to listen to um, and then hold a photo of me in drag. And I was like, no, I don't think like I think that they'd just be like, oh, this she's just confused. <laughs> you know, like, they wouldn't they wouldn't understand like the power of my drag. But I was like, OK, if I go in drag, I have to make sure that I am so just like well-spoken and kind and and speaking like this and just really gentle you know not abrasive at all you know on the mic at my shows i'm like "Ah!" you know i was like i can't do that there so um yeah i i don't know i I think about it a lot and i hope that like it it did make some people want to listen to me but i think it is also relating with people and understanding that you know i don't think anybody's a bad person because they don't understand something that they've never been um um introduced to certain ideas or topics because we all grow up in different kinds of households and stuff yeah. like you were talking about especially queer people you know yeah well I'm obsessed with you, so please come back. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll come I, back sometime. I'm sure, sure it would be great to check in and see how you're doing. I'm sure you have a very booked schedule as you've gone viral, and you have a lot of talent to share. So any anywhere people can see you on a regular basis, or how can they get in touch with you, or or send you love and support, which you deserve. <laughs> um, yeah, you can uh, follow me on socials. Obviously, I'm sure you'll have that posted on the thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I perform every single Friday night at Oil Can Harry's what? at nine o'clock for Kingdom, hosted by Alexander the Great, a drag king, so you get to have some drag king representation. Um, And then every Saturday at Coconut Club for Coco Cunts, which is our 21 uh, drag brunch, and it's a lot of fun. It's award-winning. And then I also just do my own one-off events and stuff that, those are the ones you want to come see. You want to come see me host a show. Follow me on Instagram. I post all that stuff. And... um, 
yeah and then i also work through extragrams which is like a drag delivery service so if you want me to go to a party or something like that you can literally hire me to go perform so let me know (laughs) that's super cool well i really appreciate your time and thank you so much for coming to educate us and i look forward to being able to learn much more from you in the future and I feel like we're friends now, so I hope right. we get to hang out. I'm going to hopefully see you maybe yeah. tonight, yeah, seeing Mistress go. at Open Harry's. <laughs> and, and yeah, I look forward to being able to chat with you yes. again soon. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yes. <laughs> no problem. Add us on Instagram at Primary Care Pod. Catch up on past episodes and don't miss out on new ones. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify at Primary Care Pod.